0: she's the, goalkeeper. Off the, post the pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap
1: for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. You are listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is episode 25 of Give and Go. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so much for tuning in, guys. 25 five episodes. Can you believe it? I mean, we're coming up on almost a year now of having the podcast out, doing it once every two weeks, and have gotten to this point, to have gotten the support, it's incredible. We hope you guys continue to support the podcast, continue to support the platform in general. Again, you can go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Follow us on Instagram, at Girls Soccer Network. Check us out on Twitter, at Girls Soccer Net. We have a YouTube channel as well as Facebook page as well. Just search for Girls Soccer Network. And again, for this podcast in particular, we have some more news. We recently just migrated over to a new platform called Red Circle. So now we're going to have the opportunity to have this particular podcast broadcast on Stitcher as well, which is another popular podcast platform. So we have another form out there for you guys to download this podcast on. Of course, you can also, if you are an Apple person and you have Apple products, right, you have Siri set up, you can ask Siri, right? To check out Give and Go, whether you want to subscribe to it, listen to the latest episode, that is entirely up to you. So again, out here in LA, episode 25, never would have guessed in a million years that I'd be out here where Girls Soccer Network is based to be able to do this. But it's been amazing so far. Again, we got a lot to get to. This is where it's really heating up while Europe may be in its preseason and Australia may be in its preseason. The NWSL is heating up. Everyone's starting to get back into the flow of things, plus the ICC, the Women's ICC International Champions Cup tournament went down for kind of like bragging rights, best team in the world, we've talked about that many times before, plus so much with just news in general, which we'll get to towards the end of the show, so without further ado, let's get right into it. A crazy last couple of weeks in the NWSL, but particularly what stood out from this week was Sky Blue and their overall performance. I want to start with them because you're looking at that win over Chicago midweek. When you look at the overall results recently, everything has been going kind of the way you would expect. The lower level teams are getting beat on a little bit. But then Sky Blue really has been able to pick up their play under the interim manager, Hugo
0: Macedo, who has an interesting resume and clearly has been able to provide a different lift and a different kind of set of eyes to this team. It's incredible
1: how things can change when you bring in a new manager and a fresh face because things were obviously not working under Denise Reddy. And for them to have won more games this year already than they have last year with this much time to go speaks to how much that they are improving, how much they're developing their talent as well. And then you're looking at just the resolve to win it late on. It was a great game against Chicago, Paige Monahan scoring, and it's not a great time for a listener to be out of position on that particular goal. And that was just one of those cases where she sometimes has, a, you know, a lapse or two. And that was one of those cases Monahan made her pay. Sam Kerr equalizing, you know, in stoppage time. So it seemed like, you know, Sky Blue was going to be robbed of another win. But then Monahan again, with the pro-style move as a rookie, bringing it from Butler University, a New Jersey native, really brought it and, and coming through with two goals. I mean, what more could you ask for? Unfortunately, it did not go as well as they would have liked against uh, Rain FC at Red Bull Arena. But the fact that, you know, again, attendance was more than 9,000, I believe. So that needs to get done. Like, that needs to be Sky Blue's arena. It should have been done from the beginning. Sky Blue has a very passionate fan base. It is very easy to get to. I've done the trip to Red Bull Arena myself. It is easy to get to. It can be done, so I don't see, you know, from anywhere, from anywhere in Jersey, from New York City, it can be done. So, that needs to be the deal. And then you're looking at a potential second team down the line. Again, that's a long ways away. But that's why this Red Bull Arena match was so historic. Glad that it went down. A 1-1 draw. Both teams were very, very competitive. Shea room. unfortunately... Broke her rib colliding with Carly Lloyd. That was one of the main flash points. Casey Murphy, I wanted to point out for Rain FC, has been fun to watch. And the former Rutgers product, another Rutgers player, you know, was the best keeper in her class a couple of years ago and is finally playing now with no Michelle Beethos with Lydia Williams injured. They've been riddled with injuries this year. Obviously, you know, it's well documented with Rain FC. So Casey Murphy has been giving them great minutes. You know, Reign FC looks to be in good shape. They are sitting in that fourth spot. They're going to be tight with the Royals. Um, and, and that's where it's going to be neck and neck because Utah, again, seems to be finding their right form at the right time. Of course, A-Rod and Kristen Press had never scored in the same game before, but that finally happened in their last match. It was, I'm sure, concerning for Royals fans that they had to wait this long to see them, you know, to see their two stars score. But you know, naturally, it was against the pride. A tough one if you're Orlando again, because again, you're you're dealing with suspensions. The Marta suspension, who she got a second game added on to it. That was a flashpoint. So the Royals are interesting. We'll get to Orlando again in a minute. The dumpster fire that is the Orlando fire. Actually, that's a little harsh. I wouldn't necessarily say dumpster fire. They've been playing a lot better recently. When you look at the Royals, and if they can start to do this more offensively, they will be that fourth team. They should be that fourth team. Rain FC, unfortunately, can they overcome these injuries? That's what's going to be so, so tough. Of course, you still have the Dash in the mix. The Spirit still in the mix. The Dash, of course, got the result they needed last weekend against the Pride. That's when you had the flashpoint between Rachel Daly and Marta. Obviously, they have some history. Obviously, it came up again in a key moment. And, you know, Julie King getting sent off also. That's a tough situation. They did do better against the Royals. You could tell these younger players that they have are really buying in to what Mark Skinner is coaching in terms of his philosophy. They're totally buying in. Joanna Boyles in year two, you know, Marissa Vigiano, but really the player um, was Claire Emsley, the Scottish international who's been with Manchester City, played internationally. That's going to be a key move for them to give Alex Morgan rest. We did see Alex Morgan enter the fray, but when you see a player like Emsley play the way that she played with the effort and intensity that she played with, Orlando have a good player on their hands. Things are trending up for them, even though it's tough for them down near the bottom. Sky Blue, again, we mentioned earlier. We've mentioned the rain. We've talked about Houston and how they are... They still can't get it together with their back line. Yeah, you have Amber Brooks, but other than that, it's it's really, really getting tough for houston to really consistently be a playoff team and i mean just to get into the playoffs because they cannot consistently defend the leads that they have right what's crazy is the spirits form has declined a little bit they tried to take on the thorns who were at the top of the table but again portland was just too much for them The Spirit, again, still with some nice, you know, team play. They looked great. They had energy, intensity, passion. Came back when they were hit in the mouth. Andy Sullivan scored a cracking goal, but not enough. So you look at the Spirit, still playing well, but might not be able to get into that playoff race after having such a promising start to the season. Uh, Chicago will get it together. That's going to be a great matchup next weekend. 1 and 2, Portland, Chicago, Sunday on ESPN News. Going to be a great one. Again, great that it's on ESPN, and we're going to get more into that later. Some other ESPN-related news, but to see it there, again, amazing. Easier for streaming. It's more accessible. You know, obviously, well, more well-known TV network, so everyone knows where it is. Just made it so much more easy, just rather than, and I mean, we still obviously have to deal with the Yahoo Sports stream, yeah, just a better alternative when when the games are on ESPN. In other NWSL news, right, noticing how a lot of different players are currently passing the 100 appearance mark in the NWSL, like Ashlyn Harris, Aaron Wright, Sarah Killian, Estelle Johnson, Jan Hoy. Just to select few names, I may have probably missed a couple, you know, a couple in there who have recently over the last couple weeks gotten to that milestone. And that's again just speaking to the longevity of the league, right? Now that we're in what, year six, year seven, um the fact that we're at that stage now and, and there's been enough continuity. To where these players can have 100 appearances in the league is a big deal and more records and stats and history can be accumulated for us to be able to refer to it in order to enhance the viewing experience of this game because that's really what it's going to come down to. The more America, the way it is, it is a stats-driven environment and it's only going to be that way. Yeah, soccer is a sport where it's not necessarily that way all the time, but we definitely use it, and we definitely need more of it involved in the game, not just in the broadcast booth, but in the analysis and everywhere else. We need more of it in order to take the game into the future. The NWSL site, you know, is great. They've really gone in-depth. Uh, you got to check out their site if you haven't already team stats, player stats down to every minute detail so it really can tell you a story of how players have been doing in order to support what you're seeing out there on the pitch, right? The kind of the eye test. You got to make sure the stats are backing up what you're seeing because stats do tell a story, but they don't necessarily tell the entire story, right? And we can always use certain facts or stats to kind of tell the story that we, you know, in the way that we want it to be told. So, you know, stats are important, but again important for the growth of the league you know another sad unfortunately sad news tony presley of the orlando pride recently diagnosed with breast cancer we definitely at Girls soccer network support her she's been receiving so much love and support and she's gonna you know be able to to fight this to the best of her ability and we and we hope and wish her the best of luck in her fight against it. Uh, really coming out of nowhere, so that's that's a tough one. And then another news: Gabby Siler of the Portland Thorns. She would just been named to the July team of the month for Portland. Down with the ACL tear in training. Uh, that's a big blow for Portland, considering she's another one of those players that they had brought along really nicely, and um, having played well recently. For her to go down at this stage is an unfortunate uh, turn of events. But when you look at the overall NWSL picture right now as a whole, it's starting to get really, really interesting as we head down this final stretch. But it's finally starting to take shape in terms of who's the real deal, who is hanging around in that playoff hunt, and who's down towards the bottom. We're starting to see those tiers kind of materialize once again. All right, moving on to the ICC Champions Cup. You know, most soccer fans may have been already watching the men's version of the competition because it is the preseason. It's meant to be a preseason cup competition for the best teams in the world to kind of get together here in America and play it. But on the women's side, right last year was the first time that they did this event. This kind of became a grudge match really to see who's the best team in the world. it was a, It's a really unique opportunity to bring all of these four teams, the best in the world, from these respective leagues together, and eventually it is going to expand. You'd like to think, right, that we're going to add more teams to this, right? Potentially, you know, you're looking at German League, Swedish League, all of them coming together into this Champions Cup down the line. That would be really, really special and really, really cool. But for right now, you're looking at, right, it was four teams, Atletico Madrid, who won their league in Spain, Manchester City, who won the Continental Tires League Cup in England. And of course, you have the Courage, who won their league. And then you have Lyon, of course, who won their league. And how it shaped out, how it played out, excuse me, was... You know, Lyon winning it late against Atletico Madrid with the header from Wendy Renard. Both games actually ended pretty dramatically. The courage, of course, thanks to home field advantage and the weather delay, a 70-minute weather delay. You know, Manchester City were well on their way to getting to the final to face Lyon. But two goals in quick succession, one from Mackenzie Meehan and then one from Jay Mack in crunch time clutch What a goal it was to beat two defenders, one-on-one with the keeper, finishes the chance well. Celebration was amazing, just pandemonium, sprinting to the teammates afterwards. You know, what a moment it was to get to the final, to set up the rematch that was, that we just wrapped up watching, and it was quite the game. A bit of an opposite story compared to last year. Somehow the Courage were able to win that game last year despite an onslaught from Lyon. It was a goal from Heather O'Reilly last season that gave them the win, and this year it was far more evenly matched between both sides. Lyon came out early on and and, and really pushed the tempo, and it really seemed like the Courage were more content to come on the counterattack, and that's... Essentially how it went, how you would have expected it to go anyway, that's what the courageous style is. They like to catch teams on the counter when they're not putting pressure. It's almost like a Liverpool-type approach, the way Liverpool plays in the Premier League. They have a high press. They force mistakes from you on top of the high tempo and high pressure that they have. So really, it was a little bit of a surprise to see Lyon in their half consistently just passing the ball around, passing the ball around. But eventually, the Courage would find their way into the game, especially in that first half. It was back and forth both sides. Amel Madri had a chance that you probably should have scored. Kristen Hamilton had a couple chances, but Sarah Buhati made the saves that she needed to make in this one. There was nothing that really, like, overly tested her from the Courage but she made it, She made the saves that she needed to make. And in the end, the difference maker was in the second half, Jennifer Marizan getting a perfectly weighted, just laid off, so that she could kind of stride her way into it and hit it on the one time from Lucy Bronze, who'd come all the way from a right back position. So dangerous coming from that position, she was doing it all game long. And Marizan just curled it right into the top corner, keeper had no chance bay could only could only watch and that was pretty much the decider which was tough because you know the courage after that really really went forward and there were and there were plenty of opportunities for them but it was just a professional performance from Leon and when you saw the lineup that they put out there it was clear that they came here to win this thing it, it's the second game of the preseason they could have rested their players like most superstar teams do they normally rest their stars but everyone was out there I thought Lace Somer was not going to play at all. It didn't even seem like her name was on the initial roster. But she was there. Everyone played. The new signings played. Nikita Paris played. You know, Alex Greenwood played for Manchester United the entire game. So they were not playing games this time around, Leon. They made sure that uh, they were coming away with the title this time, and it was apparent. But again, great effort from the Courage. They probably deserved a little more from this game based on the way they played, but really just a lack of quality in the final third and very surprising to see that lack of quality in the final third because they are in the middle of their season right now and it's, you know, Lyon who were in the preseason. You would have thought that the Courage would have been able to finish just a little bit better, but unfortunately, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles and Lyon are champions of the ICC deservedly so. They were the favorites last year, the favorites this year with that all-star team. Even though Ada Hegerberg actually didn't do all that much it was enough for that team to get the win. Imbach was great with a couple deflections. Uh, of course Wendy Renard was Wendy Renard Madri was all over the place so it was a classic Lyon aka France national team Lyon performance from them
0: in order to get the win.
1: Now, word from our first sponsor, Striker Elite.
0: Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, Coach George Noworski quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com.
1: Now that summer is, you know, we're getting towards the end of it. It is getting around that time for women's college soccer season to get going and the 2019 preseason mac herman award list has come out so basically this huge list of players to keep an eye on will dwindle down as the year goes along with all of the best players here in the country some players to keep an eye on so we have an article right now on the site where we have about five different players who could potentially have a big season and win the award down the line The first being Grace Fisk of South Carolina, another English international player who has done it for the Gamecocks of South Carolina in the SEC at the highest level already. Really one of the best defenders in the country alongside Kaylee Real of Penn State who could have honestly been mentioned as well. We'll go through some other names on this list as well. Dana Castellanos, of course, superstar, Venezuelan, born for greatness, destined for greatness. Really could be the key for this team to go back-to-back. As long as she scores goals, they're going to be near the top in the ACC as long as she's creating and doing what she does. Of course, Jessie Fleming, one of the more experienced players, arguably the most experienced player in college soccer and still only a senior, right? Like, that's crazy how she has played in so many international games and is finally a college senior. So you're looking at what she brings to the table Just her overall leadership, you might recall our interview with Sam Green as one of the assistant coaches of UCLA and talking about how Jesse Fleming is that exemplary player that everyone needs to strive to be, and she's the leader of that team. I would expect her to be the captain of that team as well going into this season. You're looking at Yuji Zhao, and and she truly came in as a freshman and was so fluid and smooth on the ball, made it look so easy, never in a hurry, never out of control, and another player who could very well win this award, very dangerous, very fluid, as I mentioned, creative. Not sure if she's going to have the numbers to be able to win this, but if she's recognized for her sheer skill and talent level, she should be near the top of the list. Raimi Shirley, striker, Boise State, just had her there as a dark horse. Um, I view her as someone who in the Mountain West Conference could put up a ton of goals and before it's over if, if this team gets into the ncaa tournament and she has somewhere close to like 30 goals somehow who knows she could win the award but yeah taking a look at this list uh you know unfortunately savannah Demello of usc a junior down with an achilles injury that's brutal a big loss for them amira ali of rutgers of a- Fun player who will likely be leading the way for them in the Big Ten this year. Haley Berg out of Texas. But when you look at this list, Paula Dramino-Watnick leading the way at Georgetown. Been a part of the Final Four team last year. You're looking at Ali Klug, one of the best defenders in the country as well out of St. Louis. So a lot of good players and of course the all-time favorite who we didn't even mention, right? Katerina Macario. The reigning award winner, likely to get it again this year, right? She's going to be the favorite again. Setting the bar at the top for Stanford, right? Looking to win another national championship. They should be up there. And so you're looking at Stanford, and you're looking at her as the favorite. But some other players to be in the mix if Macario doesn't just go off. I mean, this is year three, though. She's only gotten better and better. I would be concerned for the rest of the country considering what she's capable of doing both in terms of goals and assists so it's going to be crazy to see the kind of year that she has we also have more coming could have more coming in terms of information on transfers the college transfer process is a great one in some ways it it can be a blessing and a curse could be a way out for some players looking to improve their situation but sometimes a player can go to a worse situation it's a big risk You sometimes have to make sure you're really going to the right place. If you're UCLA, the fact that you were able to land an All-American defender in Lucy Parker from LSU, that is a big get. That's a national championship contending move right there. I mean, you go get an All-American who you can just plug in at that center back spot and not really have to worry. That's a huge, huge move for Amanda Cromwell in UCLA. Sam Coffey, who is also on the Mac Herman watch list, The former ACC Midfielder of the Year at Boston College, okay? Now, the ACC is a very competitive conference. She was playing on one of the lower-level teams in that conference and still won ACC Midfielder of the Year with players like Yuji Zhao in in a conference with teams like North Carolina, Florida State. So, like, there was, like, such talented players. And Sam Coffey was deemed the best of the best she's going to Penn State and again Penn State is known for their defense but you add them and make a move like this this is going to definitely make them a lot better in the big 10 already going to be near the top Penn State and I would think that this move makes them a top 10 if not a top five team in the country this year with with very high expectations and they of course are a national title contender every year Uh, and this could be another year where expectations are very high One final name to keep an eye on, Striker Taylor Zemer, going from University of Virginia to Texas A&M in the SEC. A great opportunity for her to score more goals. I think she had a great freshman year, did not see as much time her sophomore year, but still was able to have some production. But I think going down to the SEC, I think her game from the ACC to the SEC will translate well, and she'll be able to be an impact player for the Aggies as they look to also make a deep run in the NCAA tournament as they seem to have built something as a prominent power right now in, in women's soccer. Now a word from our second sponsor, Topical Gear.
0: Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, sports medicine, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the orthopedic sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym getting feedback directly from parents, players, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional published research and tested by real athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there, go to www.CompressionInMotion.com and check out the T25 Knee along with other shoulder and ankle products.
1: All right, we move to the social media and lifestyle and news portion of the show, and there is a lot to discuss this week. So much to get into. We start with how... The equal pay talks, unfortunately, have stalled between the women in the federation, but they did get a sign of support from the men, which was nice. They did not have to do that. They did not have to write that letter and back them on that bogus claim, you know, to call out U.S. soccer on that report. It's great. But we still need progress to be made. And, and if you got a chance to hear Megan Rapino in her interview during the Rain FC match against Sky Blue, look, you know, they they were honest with each other and said we will, you know, once we get to where we want to be, we will recongregate and and get back to a place where we want to be at. But for right now, it didn't seem like both sides were close to coming on any kind of agreement whatsoever, which is unfortunate. And yeah, I mean, they're kind of stuck with each other. It's not like it's really going anywhere, right? You have one team and you have the federation. It's not like they can go to a different federation, right? So that was kind of one of the other points that Pino made in her interview. So it's unfortunate that talks have stalled. It is going to be a process, as we mentioned, time and time again on this podcast. It's going to take time. But again, strides being made, hopefully this can get sorted sometime soon. And other big news, ESPN getting worldwide broadcasting rights for the NWSL for the remainder of the season. That's huge. It did impact streaming from what I saw, at least initially. If you use the international link, or at least when I use it, it takes me to ESPN News' link. So unless you have ESPN internationally or some form of one of their channels, so maybe if you're internationally broadcasting BT Sport. In the UK or something like that, then you may be able to watch it on your TV rather than having to stream it just on your computer. Again, a big deal 27 more games on ESPN the rest of the way during the rest of the regular season. So, another great opportunity here these last 27 games to increase exposure for the league to have those rights internationally. For the first time ever, the US women's national team has a GM and they found the perfect person to do it. Kate Margraff, a former US Women's National Team player, longtime veteran of the team, longtime media person, has been around all of these players for so long, understands women's soccer, and I could not think of a better person to be making some of the personnel decisions surrounding this team and being able to kind of build it. She understands what she's doing, And I think she's the kind of calm, stoic person, really the perfect person to be able to run it in that aspect. So very excited for her, with her experience and her knowledge base, to take that job and and to be able to hopefully take the U.S. Women's National Team into another era of dominance. And I know that it'll be on everyone's mind to be able to, at 3 p.m., to be able to do it again. One. Final thing, and this is something that we mentioned over on girlssoccernetwork.com, over on our social media pages as well, on our Facebook page. Stephanie Frapar, referee making history. You might have seen her in the UEFA Super Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool on the men's side. And she had quite, quite the match, really. I mean, other than potentially one questionable call there at the end with the penalty call, I thought she had a phenomenal game. And again, huge, because she, especially compared to the other female referees, like, she isn't necessarily of the biggest build, so you're kind of seeing this somewhat referee of a smaller build against these giants, especially, like, you could see her talking talking to Kepa during the penalty shootout, and it was quite the sight, but obviously incredibly stern and able to command the attention of these guys, because... No one was getting in her face the entire game. No one, you could tell, no one was there to to mess around with her. She had clear command of proceedings, and it was so incredibly impressive to watch. So the future is bright. What a performance that was from Stephanie Frippar in the UEFA Super Cup. Alrighty, that is it for episode 25. I can't believe it. Again, 25 episodes. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera. Thank you so, so much. For tuning in again we are on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and now stitcher as well so be sure to download subscribe and of course go to www.girlssoccernetwork for more and all the latest information all right guys thanks make sure you keep downloading and listening and subscribing and liking see you in two weeks